Good evening, my friends out there in hypersleep. You're in a spacecraft drifting between this solar system and a nearby solar system that is approximately 50 light years away. You're traveling at 50% the speed of light. You were sent out there in the 1970s. You were sent out in a nuclear-powered spaceship. They kept that motherfucker a secret. Somebody's mommy, their daddy is dead. Yes, indeed, hypersleepers. Good evening. Are you picking me up on Hypersleep Radio? It is May the 27th, Saturday, just after 11.30 p.m. here in Scompton, Utah. But you could be listening to this tomorrow, or tomorrow's tomorrow, and if this signal left the Earth traveling at the speed of light, you'll pick it up maybe sometime next year. Hypersleep Traveler. Maybe two years from now, maybe in ten years, hypersleep traveler, my message will catch up with you and you'll have a nice day. Yeah. Maybe not. But it is May the 27th, 2023, Bo Blimdock, and it is precisely 11.36 p.m. on Saturday night. And it's your good friend Dan, drinking his coffee. Somewhere between being awake and being asleep. The first topic involves reading an article, and I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk about the article. This article was published in December of 2012, so that's a while back. You know, about a year, you know, what, 10.5 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Headline, Moose CEO retires after sex abuse lawsuit. Hart is new director of Moose International. William Airy retires eight days after a civil lawsuit is filed that claims he abused a 12-year-old boy more than 30 years ago. Scott D. Hart, executive director of Moose Hart Child City and School, takes over immediately. 
In the wake of the lawsuit claiming Moose International CEO William Airy sexually abused a 12-year-old boy more than 30 years ago, Moose International announced today, Friday, December the 21st, 2012, that Airy will retire immediately. Airy's replacement is Scott D. Hart, Executive Director of Moose Hart Child City and School. Airy, 71, will stay on with the organization as a consultant. <sighs> yeah. I think you guys can read the rest of this yourself. Um, there's stuff in here about Moose Hart having a history of sex abuse scandals, and you're going to wonder, well, Dan, why are you reading this really depressing story? Back in the 1980s, in high school, as with many things in my life, I took the path of least resistance. There were things I probably should have done, I didn't do, and there were things that were easy for me to do, like give little speeches. So I did debate and public speaking, and I won some awards. I ended up, you know, running for student office, whatever the fuck that means. I was the student body president at one point. At one point, I excused a third of my senior class from school by forging the name of my advisor. And it's funny, I had to go to Saturday school for that. Today, I think, you'd go to jail. But back then, you went to Saturday school. Today, they'd probably put you on 50 different types of drugs. Why did you do that, Dan? Why did you forge Jim Jacobson's name? Well, one reason is it seemed like he was drunk a lot. <laughs> so and his, his name was easy to forge. And it was just an excuse slip. I had a ton of them. I had to sign it, and so did he. Well, it was just easier if I signed both places. Yeah, I think that was October... What was that? Homecoming week? Homecoming week, 1987. Anywho, I ended up giving these stupid speeches, 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 whatever, for stupid occasions. And one occasion dealt with this whole dare thing. Dare not to do drugs. Don't do drugs. You go get the old dude to buy you whiskey. He'll buy you a pack of cigarettes. But make sure you don't do any fucking drugs, though, right? Because that is the net effect of that whole thing. You know, if I may take a segue, the, the, the dare to not do drugs simply created more alcoholics and smokers. Sorry, that's what it did. Anywho, I did a little dare speech. Don't do drugs. Look at the evil drug dealers. They're destabilizing Latin America. <laughs> no, Dan, in 1987, that would be the CIA. Yeah. I won a ridiculous competition, I think, to get some money for a scholarship or some type of a letter. I don't really give a fuck. It was me and this young woman that was going to go to the Air Force Academy. And I ended up going to Moose Heart City to give my speech there at Moose Heart to talk about drug problems. I actually met a dude there that was pretty cool. And we stood outside and smoked a cigarette. <laughs> Yeah, he was a pretty cool dude. Um, if you had told me in 1987 that at that time there were probably kids being sexually abused at that school, I might have listened because I was a curious person then just as I am today, but I might have dismissed it. I was 17. How smart was I? 
I really believed in the Republican Party and in Ronald Reagan, and, and I believed a lot of nonsense. There were things I am proud of, like excusing all those seniors that day. I'm quite proud of that. That's one of the few things I'm proud of from high school. But the rest of it was dreck. The rest of it was the path of least resistance. Dan will be a lawyer or a priest, right? Yeah. Neither really appealed to me, okay? I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew what the system wanted me to do. And what I've come to understand about the system is that you just don't get to fight against it. You get ejected, okay? It's kind of like Robert Duvall at the end of THX 1138. The robots just give up. They figure you want to go to Toxic Zone X-Ray and deal with the cannibal hordes. You don't want your soup education plugged into your, your blood veinage. Then go ahead and go because our economic algorithm just said, Fuck you, Robert Duvall. Go ahead and hang out on the outside of the doomed city. We'll just live out our days underground, shithead. Yeah. And today, the equivalent of Robert Duvall would be most of the homeless people you see. Because for whatever reason, they have been ejected from society. And you can say, oh, it's because they did drugs. Let's get back to the topic. I gave my fancy little speech. And if I'd known at the time, really known in the sense of having knowledge, in the sense of knowing yourself, not just hearsay, not just an article, but if I'd known at the time that perhaps 200 feet away there were kids being raped by adults, I think I would have stopped. I hope I would have, and I would have gotten those kids together and at least put my ability to convince people to do shit to some use. I, I would hope I would have done that. But again, you know, we were more or less controlled back then too in terms of what information we had access to. You know, and people will tell me things like, especially when it comes to the Catholic Church, they'll say things like, well, Dan, you just can't tear down all these institutions. It's tradition. You can't just, it's not all bad because a couple Boy Scouts get raped. Um, it's not all bad because a couple of those, you know, altar boys spend some time with the, with the priest in the sacristy. It's just, it's normal, Dan. Just deal with it. Accept it. It's normal. My friends, the abuse of children goes back to the beginning of time. Maybe it doesn't go back before the city, because I gotta say, a lot of things started going downhill once we started living in fucking cities. But that being said, the abuse of children is, is old. It's not new. If you want to talk to me about tearing down institutions, I would say the way in which child abuse is ritualistic and continuous and goes from generation to generation. We should tear that down. We should stop that. You see, I was watching a documentary, basically one that was banned, and I know why. It's called Conspiracy of Silence. Um, it, it's not very good quality because it was just sort of pasted together from fragments. But it deals with a conspiracy, not, not a conspiracy, it deals with an actual crime that occurred at Boys Town another type of one of these orphanages for lost children. 
like Mooseheart, Mooseheart, run by the Moose Lodge, the people who wanted me to give my anti-drug speech. Go to Mooseheart, give your anti-drug speech, get a ride with the greasy dude who gave off a vibe, and now I know what. Yeah, Moose Lodge, great. There was a huge, a huge um, controversy involving child abuse in Nebraska back in the 1980s, and it involved the dude. Um, what was his name? Larry King, Lawrence King. You don't want to mix him up with a talk show guy, but his name was Lawrence King, and he was a rising African American in the Republican Party, and that by itself should tell you. And how can I put this? That perhaps there was a lot about him that was on purpose. Okay? A lot about him. Um, either the selection process or the way in which things worked out. Because how do you, in the Republican Party, beat up on an African American in the 1980s? You don't. And you know that your opponents won't either. You know that you can put him out there doing some really greasy shit and people will say, well, shit, man, I know, but if I attack him, they'll call me racist like that dirty Senator Byrd, you know him? Yeah, Senator Byrd, Dragon Slayer of the KKK. And the, the documentary, Conspiracy of Silence, talks about the idea that the institutions of Nebraska, the media, the justice system that exists there, whatever it is, all of these institutions work to protect the abusers. When people say to me things like, well, it's, it's, it's because of Clinton, it's because of Obama. No, I go back to it's because of the fall of man. And if you're an atheist, you can go back to monkeys doing monkey shit and having no consciousness or awareness of others and basically living the life of a brutal animal. And then you can ask yourself why it is so many people can't evolve from that. But once again, the institution of abusing kids goes back to the beginning of recorded history. So it's not new. It's not new. Powerful people abusing children goes back to the beginning of recorded history. It is not new. Parents allowing their kids to be abused by powerful people goes back to the beginning of recorded history. As stated, it is not new. And it is an institution we should tear down. You know, it's so funny. In the 1980s, there was this kind of, what they call it, the, the conservative movement to get things back to the way they used to be. What? The way they used to be was children got abused and the secrets were just better kept. That's the way it used to be. You want to get back to that. Make America great again. You know what? You know what? In some ways, Trump did exactly that. By endorsing the 2020 COVID pandemic, Donald Trump enabled probably millions of kids to be abused. That entire put a coffee filter on your kid, which continues to this day, enables human trafficking. It enables you to move people around the country, kids around the country, and you don't see the expressions on their faces. You don't see the fear. That entire bullshit pandemic enables child abuse, my friends. 
And if you were one of these boosters out there, oh God, we got to shut things down. Shut things down for whom? Because I can promise you, my friends, in the city of Seattle, in 2020 and 2021, Bo Blimpdock, child abuse probably skyrocketed. Kids were probably beat down even more. And nobody said shit because it was the fucking pandemic. Cowards. Cowards. You tell me about the conservative movement. You tell me how you're a good Republican or good Democrat. You're a coward. Everybody that stood by and allowed that atrocity to continue, especially once all the chap stuff began, especially once all the black-clad freaks started marching up and down 12th Avenue. If you allowed that abomination of a lie to continue, you're a fucking coward. And you don't give a shit about those kids. I don't know if I would have done anything that day at Mooseheart. But I'll tell you this, I do have a history of excusing, I don't know, 30% of the senior class. I do have a history of convincing a bunch of morons to pile into an elevator. So the point is, I do have a history of doing things according to my whims. Fuck you. I would hope that the parts of me that are the same as they were when I was 17, if that person had known, would have said, dudes, I don't know what you're up to here talking about the weed, but over there in Building 6, there are a bunch of kids being cornholed. And maybe we should stop it. Maybe we can do something. I would hope I would have. But the reality is, my friends, I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm not the same person. I, like so many people back then, then lived in fear of the state, lived in fear of the cop, lived in fear of what they can do to you and where they can put you. And that entire mythology got built up and built up and built up, and it's still out there. So I don't know. Next topic. So I had watched this show recently. Um, yeah. And it's a film from 1979. I talked about it in my last podcast. It's called Over the Edge. It's actually, it's a film that has a lot of layers. If you're interested in the cultural history of the United States post-World War II, I would say if you're a film buff, Over the Edge is worth a watch because it kind of gives you a version of what was happening, like the whole Levittown experience and how it was twisting on itself. Um, but what's interesting about the movie, if you're observant, is that in the parking lot, in the parking lot, they apparently still have some old schoolhouse. Like they built this brand new futuristic, aluminum, plastic, Quonset hut, you know, all of it dystopian, kind of like Logan's Run bullshit. This completely brand new, new Granada Junior High. And in the parking lot is this old 19th century style schoolhouse. And, and it makes you wonder, because when I first thought, I say, okay, okay, here's a, a juxtaposition, baby. Back then, with the old schoolhouse, more stuff was outside than inside. Okay, if you're going to go do something physical, you did, you did it outside. 
If you were going to be involved in extracurricular stuff, you probably did it outside. Maybe you reserved the schoolhouse for some play or something, but the bottom line is there was more outside than in. There was more space. You could argue more freedom. I was born to a different generation. I was born to that modern school. I guess you could call it a Deweyite school. I was born to a school that had a cafeteria and had places you could sleep, I guess, or where other things could happen to kids. I was born to a school that had everything, at least from their perspective, on the inside, to include corny movies they'd show you. And this this includes the, the Catholic school, not just the public high school I went to, but the Catholic school too. Everything you needed was on the inside. And if you looked at this in a very simple way, you could say, well, why can't we go back to that old schoolhouse? But this is what I try to explain to people about the, the bullshit pandemic, the, probably the bullshit Ukraine war, the ongoing military psychological warfare. People will say things like, how could this have happened? And why can't we go back to 20, you know, 2019 and blah, blah, blah. And I try to explain to them all this horrid bullshit that is still ongoing, all this disgusting nonsense that continues to destroy lives, it was given birth to by 2019. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you pretending there's a special world that was somehow different from this one? It wasn't. It was a radical departure in some ways. I would, I would argue in a lot of ways, but um, that other world gave birth to this one. So yeah, you can go back in your fucking time machine all you want to and pick a fucking year. I want to go back to 1787, get all those uh, quote-unquote constitutional folks, put them in a fucking barn, and set the barn on fire. Because we were a free country. We didn't need a piece of paper to tell us that. We had something called the Declaration of Independence. And, you know, that was basically all we needed. We didn't need to delineate any powers beyond the fact that every person is sovereign. And if we want to go solve a problem, like dig a ditch or build a fucking, you know, canal or something, we can go do that voluntarily. We can go raise money voluntarily. We're not going to go house to house and point guns at people and say, give us that cash you're hiding away because you're selling whiskey. No, we don't need that. But it's what we got. So one way of looking at the old schoolhouse is, why can't we go back to this? But in reality, you should see it the way that we should see 2019. That old Prussian schoolhouse that people felt needed to exist because there was no other way. And I'm not saying this was always true. I'm not saying for all of American history this was true. But at some point in the 19th century, the process of teaching kids became institutionalized, even if only through the auspices of the university. Even if only in that sense, there was already the Prussian school sticking its tentacles into everything. You look at that old schoolhouse and you can say, I wish we could go back to better times. I look at the schoolhouse the way I look at 2019. That thing gave birth to the other thing. It did. You don't want to admit it. You, you want to play pretend, go ahead. It's like a lot of you folks say, well, we need a convention of the states to rewrite the Constitution. No, 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 no. 
You were born free. If you want to live in a free country, just start doing it. And as far as the government goes, understand that it is in, it is in collapse. So, you know, probably it's dangerous, a lot like a wounded animal. Just don't mess with it. But you were born free. You don't need anyone's permission. If you're afraid of them coming to your house to take your guns, here's a pro tip. Don't buy your guns at Cabela's. Okay, don't go to the gun store where you have to fill out paperwork. Oh, well, they'll stay, say the paperwork all gets destroyed. Is this the government that's been mind-fucking you since 2020? If you want to trust the words they use, that's fine, but that's your fucking problem. And if they show up at your door, that's your fucking problem. Get your guns from the black market, buddy. There's no paperwork. There's no paper trail. You can do things. You can exist, even now, in this corrupt and decaying system. You and I can make choices outside the system. But bottom line is, it is in collapse, and it is filled with parasites, and those parasites are maybe more dangerous now than they've ever been. If the military psychological warfare indicates anything... They are crazy and dangerous as fuck. And they're willing to do things that are crazy and dangerous as fuck. So yeah, probably you want to avoid the crocodile. But it does have cancer and it is dying. You see, I, I had notes about that wooden schoolhouse in the movie. And the notes were, well, maybe that's the thing. We go back to the schoolhouse. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought, no. No. Nothing gets fixed. It's like the never-ending Star Wars movies. An intelligent person would go back in time and just kill all the Jedi. You would. You'd build a time machine. You'd kill every motherfucking Jedi at some point because the bottom line is they all grow up to be turds. All of them. They're all turds. Even the ones you think are the good ones are giant fucking turds. But it goes on forever and ever and ever because they're pursuing something that is impossible. They, the main theme in many ways of Star Wars is a just government. A just government. Not an empire, not dark overlords, but a really good republic or government or some assortment of peoples and planets that's all fucking respectful and shit. And what you got to understand is that with all this bullshit we're talking about, it's like the wooden schoolhouse. It's like 2019. You can play pretend all you want to, motherfucker. You can gaslight me all you want to. And I am talking to somebody specifically right now, although it's doubtful he listens to my podcast at all any longer. But you can gaslight me all you want to. 2019 was a fucking disaster waiting to happen. Just putting it simply, there was a banking crisis ready to blow up then. And about the only thing that kept it from blowing up was, you know, the monkey herpes, the COVID. I called it the bank holiday. Yeah. A lot of funky financial shit was allowed to occur as a result of the monkey herpes, the bank holiday. Yeah. You're not going back to the wooden schoolhouse. You're not... You're not going back to 2019. And if you're one of these dumbass motherfuckers that really loves the Star Wars movies, 
you're, the good guys will never win. They'll never win. They can't win. It is a tragic reality that government takes everything and turns it to shit. So if you really want to somehow succeed, you got to get rid of the fucking Jedi. You got to get rid of the douchebags that want to keep doing this wheel of history where everybody gets ground to dust. They end the wheel, break the wheel. You know, tell me about your institutions again. And then I'll tell you about child abuse. Okay, motherfucker? Tell me about your kind and gentle institutions again. Tell me about your child protective services. Tell me about your motherfucking public schools. Tell me about your moose heart and your boys town. Tell me about your Republicans and Democrats, motherfucker. They are all the same shitheads. And it won't end until you break the wheel. It won't. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If you pull a gun on me, I won't target the gun. If your dog attacks me, I'm probably not shooting the dog. Do the math, motherfucker. If you run over me, I'm not running over your car. I'll pick a different target. Do the math, motherfucker. If you dump poison into the river and give the babies lots of cancer, do the math, motherfucker. What am I going to do to you? lot of motherfuckers out there, idiots. The same people say, give a speech about drugs, Dan. Talk about drugs. Here's some whiskey. Yeah, a lot of motherfuckers out there who focus on the wooden schoolhouse and they focus on the gun. They focus on the dog. Like, oh my gosh, we have to outlaw pit bulls. I'll tell you, based upon my experience with dogs the last couple of years, just like child abuse, we need to end the abuse of dogs. We need to end all this dogfighting. I don't want more cops. I don't want more prisons. That's just more abuse. But we need to break the wheel. If you know somebody that trains dogs to be dogfighting dogs, dogs that are doing something that's against their instinct, really, yeah, they'll bark at each other. Yeah, they'll compare themselves as we do. But for the most part, they'll go their own ways. They're not in it to, to, to kill each other. It takes a lot of torture, a lot of starvation, a lot of water torture during a cold winter night, a lot of spray paint, a lot of yelling and screaming and beating to get a dog to want to kill another dog. So if you're one of these motherfuckers out there who trains your dog to kill other dogs and your dog ever attacks me, I'll defend myself against your dog, shithead, but I'm not going to kill the dog. Do the fucking math. If you're some motherfucker out there with a gun threatening people, I'm not shooting the gun. That's stupid. That's Hollywood bullshit. The gun is not the fucking problem. Do the fucking math, shithead. And if you're one of these parents who abuses their kids and their kids grow up to cause problems, if, if I had the ability, the resources, I wouldn't go after the kids. Do the fucking math. I'm tired of people blaming 
inanimate objects or blaming uh, folks who have less power for their fucking problems and why they're scumbags and why they're giant piles of shit. I am so fucking tired of the house-flipping crew blaming homeless people for their city turning to shit. You're the motherfucker who thinks that your garage with a broken fucking foundation is worth a half a mil or a mil. Motherfucker, do the fucking math. Because a time is coming. As a Christian, I can tell you the time is coming. I don't know if it's near, but it's coming. And as a simple person that lives in Boblimpdok on planet Earth, a time is coming where a lot of rude awakenings are going to hit a lot of people at 100 miles an hour, and those cops and lawyers and judges won't be there to protect you. They won't. They won't be there to protect me. You'll have to accept the fucking consequences. And a lot of you motherfuckers out there who beat their dogs and threaten people with guns, a lot of you motherfuckers out there who are giant fucking bullies, do the fucking math, buddy. Because there's more of us than there are of you. And when the time comes, I do think you're going to find out you're surrounded. And not by cops. You'd be lucky if, if that were the case. No. No, I, I don't have any tolerance for it. I don't. I never did. But, but experiences in my life of the last decade have led me to believe that ritualistic child abuse, and frankly, a lot of the abuse of animals, but definitely ritualistic child abuse, is core to the history of government on planet Earth. That probably every government in the history of the world has participated in this type of ritualistic abuse, if only to control people, if only to have a little bit of blackmail, some way to some way to keep people under control, and in other cases, simply as a way to show how much power they have. We can take your kid, and we can treat your kid like a catamite, and we can abuse your children. Look at the power we have. All of that is the wheel. All of it will continue every time you fucking vote, every time you support another bullshit pandemic and put on the coffee filter. The wheel continues to grind us to dust. And I would say, do the math, shithead. Do you care about your kids, your family? Are you a good person? Because if you are, you need to stop participating in the ritualistic child abuse. There are many things to call 2020 and 2021. I would call it the era of ritualistic child abuse coming out of the closet and people feeling okay about it because you can stick a coffee filter on your kid and you can't see the sadness. You can't see the pain. Yeah, a lot of fucking cowards out there. You know, what is that line from that famous poem? The, the worst were filled with passionate intensity and the best lacked all conviction. Something like that. Yeah. Like I said, if your dog attacks me because you abuse it, if your dog attacks me because you torture it, I'll defend myself against your dog, but ask me where the, the kill shot's going. Do the math, shithead. Yeah. Old schoolhouse, right? You can just go back to it. Here's the next topic. Next subject, another quote from Dr. Freckles. Sometimes it takes a loser to win. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that one. Um, 
you know, I don't think I know a lot of people I would call winners right now. I don't, I don't consider people I've known who are financially quote unquote successful at this point. I don't call them winners. I don't call the homeless people winners. I don't call any of the kids digging for cobalt or rare earths in Nigeria winners. I don't see a lot of winners. All right. I see a lot of people walking into the casino and, and losing all their money, but I don't see a lot of people coming out with money and, and, and not also the con committing blood on their shoes. So yeah, you got people getting gold, but there's little bits of blood and, and a little note in the box that says, ignore the pillars of smoke in the distance. Your treasure box has a note. Ignore the pillars of smoke in the distance, baby. Just ignore them. Next topic, next subject. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. If you hold a stick of dynamite in your hand and light the fuse, God is probably not going to stop it. He might make popcorn. Yeah. Why am I saying this? Well, I, I tell people this isn't Eden, this is not heaven, it's probably not hell, it's definitely not the Millennium Kingdom. You're not in any of those places. You're in a place where if you do stupid shit, unless it's critical to God's plan, he's going to let the consequences fly. And yes, prayer helps. You know, I have a service coming up about that. Prayer is powerful. Prayer can help. But if you hold a stick of dynamite in your hand and light the fuse... I don't know if there's any amount of prayer that's going to help you. And, and I think there are many reasons for this, not the least of which you're not exactly demonstrating a behavior that I think the Lord in heaven would want people to participate in. The same thing applies to a Tide Pod challenge. If you grab one of those Tide Pods, they look like candy, and you start eating it on TikTok, yeah, I think the Lord might just let you get poisoned. And I have a lot of people say, well, Dan, why didn't, why didn't God stop the cancer? Why didn't God stop the war? Why didn't God stop that crazy person from running over my kid? And, and I have to come back to, why are you thinking in your head that people in this world, this consequence-ridden world, why are you thinking that people should get away with being reckless? Why do you think people should get away with living in a city, knowing cities are shit, and at the same time being surprised that something bad happened? You, you more or less ignored everything happening to that river next to your property as it turned to crap, as garbage showed up in it. But then you're complaining about the cancer. Why? And why do you think God's going to put out that, that stick of dynamite? What, what world do you think you live in? I know Christians who believe that the Lord should go around putting out sticks of dynamite. And believe me, prayer works up to a point. But the Lord in heaven probably isn't going to sanction terrible behavior. 
And if you poison the rivers, people are going to get cancer. If you live in a city, bad things can happen. If you think it's a good idea to take shelter, which usually goes with food and water, and turn it into an investment scheme, you're going to have homeless people, shithead. And it won't just be because of the drugs or the drug speeches we gave at Moose Heart where kids were being cornholed 100 feet away. No, it won't just be because of that. It is a consequence of behavior. All right? If you poison the river, you're going to get sick. If you abuse children, you're going to be raising up kids who will abuse others. If you abuse a dog, your dog becomes a dangerous weapon that you don't control. There are consequences to the stupid shit people do. And until we realize that and accept it and come to the realization that no amount of government or laws or lawyers or cops will ever fix any of this, until we do, that wheel will continue to crush people. That wheel will continue to grind people to dust. If you hold a stick of dynamite in your hand and you light the fuse, God's not going to stop it. He might look a little bit, you know, because he's super fast and super smart. He'll say, Matthew McConaughey, true detective meme. I got a cigarette in my hand. It's actually in my mouth. That Matthew McConaughey look as you hold the dynamite in your hand. My other hand grabs the popcorn because you have choices to make, human being. You do. And whether it's Korah's rebellion in the desert and Moses said, Lord, take me away, and the desert takes them away, or whether it's you holding a stick of dynamite, if you think in the land of consequences, the Lord is going to be putting out dynamite because you're holding it in your hand. You are crazy. You're crazy. This is the world where bad things happen to good people. This is the world that is not Eden. And by the way, on the way out of Eden, there were curses. And those curses were never lifted. And they're kind of related to things like if you hold a stick of dynamite in your hand and you light the fuse, God's not putting it out. He's not. Yes, prayer works. Yes, people can heal from abuse. But if you have a society that institutionalizes abuse the way it did with the COVID bullshit, you're going to be reaping the, whirl reaping the whirlwind, assuming you have that much fucking time, or I do. I mean, I don't know that we do. I don't know that we're going to see the consequences of what happened to kids in 2020 and 2021. But assuming this worthless neo-Stalinist pillhead empire has another 20 years in it, we will. And it'll be way worse. It'll be a little bit worse than a clockwork orange. A little bit worse than over the edge, I think. You know... Whether it's Rebel Without a Cause or that Marlon Brando movie from the 50s where he plays one of those biker gang leaders. The story of post-World War II generations and probably generations for all time 
having that rebellious period of the youth and, and, and it being a thing, it's always been a thing. It's always been there as a reminder, I think. Maybe a cautious reminder. It's probably why so many kids get drugs now. And I don't mean weed or cocaine. I mean the prescribed drugs from the doctor. It's probably why so many kids are on those drugs. Because the people that run things understand that you don't really control. You manipulate. You can put people in prison, but you don't fully control them. They're always going to be wild cards. Yeah. And by the way, consequences are a thing. Next topic. And, and I believe this is another quote from Dr. Freckles, if it's not a wordy one. You want to live in a prison with other prisoners and shove dildos up your butt cracks all, the day, all day long. I, I want to live in a free country. We are not the same. We're not. I could say this to almost every shithead that lives in Seattle today. Um, we're not the same. I may have to buy food and a few other things put on the coffee filter briefly as I needed to do those things. And once I got out of there, I stopped doing it at all, period. I didn't need Biden's permission to tell me the pandemic was over, as if, as if any psyop like that ever goes to zero. No, they keep it on the back warmer. It, they'll, they'll turn up the temperature when they need to, if they need to, although it is a bit worn. And they got the Ukraine bullshit now, right? Lots of people in 2020 in Seattle demonstrated to me that they want to live in a prison, that they want to be told how to live, that they want to be told to do things that are self-injurious, that are harmful to themselves and other people, and that they're okay with it. They're okay with putting coffee filters on kids. They're okay with it. They'll say, well, I needed to keep my job. You did, didn't you? You kept your job. I'm not sure what that buys you in the end. Between you, me, Jesus, and the devil, and a conversation in the desert, I think you kept a steaming pile of shit, and you sacrificed people for that, I think. You made your choice. You need to keep your fucking job. The wheel will grind us all to dust if enough people don't change. It doesn't have to be everybody, but enough people need to stop that bullshit. I have to keep my job. I can't speak out against the Ukraine. I can't even express what might is, might really be the truth, that not only should we not be involved, but a lot like the vaccine, you don't need a vaccine for make-believe pandemics. You don't need to support the Ukraine war, brothers and sisters, because as of right now, it looks fake as fuck. So supporting it is a lot like picking sides with the Star Wars movies. I support the Alliance. I support the Rebels. I support the, the, the Guild. I don't care who you fucking support. Go ahead and play Dungeons and Dragons and masturbate. I don't care. The Ukraine war looks about as real as the COVID, which means it doesn't look real at all. It looks as real as Chap Chazchopia, which is, which, by the way, in the summer of 2020, if you saw it up close... At the right time of day, you could see how fucking fake it was. Oh, they'll go go on the guided tour to see the garden. What garden? They, they, they planted a few chives. Yeah. I got that on video too, motherfucker, and asked me if it matters. Yeah. 
Ask me if that fucking matters. Ask me if it does. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. Doesn't make a difference. The fact that I know and have evidence that Chap Chaz was bullshit, that it was government-supported bullshit, that the city of Seattle participated to make it happen, and probably the feds as well, probably the state government. You don't put on a show like that without a lot of fucking bureaucrats and psyops people being involved, motherfucker. But what I learned there, what I have evidence of from that time, is just about every motherfucker in Seattle wanted that bullshit in some way, was okay with it, participates with it. They're shocked, shocked, shocked by all the homeless people, but they don't really want to think too deeply on why they're there. And if you think it's all about the drugs, and like I said, go to fucking Mooseheart in 1987. Go give your stupid anti-drug speech while kids are being cornholed a couple hundred feet away, motherfucker. Go ahead. I don't care. It's not going to change. It won't make a fucking difference. And if you're one of these people that still wears a fucking coffee filter on their face, we are not the same. We're not. If you like this podcast, you can donate to it. There's a link to PayPal in the notes and on Spotify till they kick me off and on YouTube until I'm banned again. And you can click on the link and you can use the PayPal. It is the only source of income I have right now. And if they shut it down, my income basically goes 100% on the black market. We'll see how that turns out in Scompton. But you can donate. Please take care of your food, your water, your shelter. You know, if you're renting an apartment, make sure you have a couple months rent built up. It's some good advice. Take care of the people you love. And that includes if you have a dog, for example, and you have a little bit of food for yourself for a few months, make sure you have a little extra dog food. If you're thinking about your own water supply, think about your dog's water supply. Do some research, you know. But, but if you've done these things, and you've taken care of yourself, and you still have some money left over, you can donate to this podcast. I'll take your money. I will. If you're asking me, can I use it? The answer is yes. If you're asking me how much, how much you got. And you think I'm kidding. I am and I'm not. Um, But make sure you take care of the things you need to take care of. And if you don't have any money to donate to this podcast, that is also okay. It's okay to listen. It's okay to not have the money to help out because, frankly speaking, times are hard and I'm probably better off than a lot of people, maybe even a few people listening. You know, I have food, water, shelter right now. Is it perfectly guaranteed, stable existence reality? No, nothing is. But it's still better than a lot of people. So you can donate. But make sure you take care of those things and find some joy for all the darkness, for all the negativity, for all the battles ahead and the battles behind you. Life is what it is. Try to find some joy. You see, I do think the Lord grabs popcorn and puts on that Matthew McConaughey meme face with a cigarette staring at you if you hold on to a stick of dynamite and light a match to it and expect the Lord to put out the fuse. But I think 
also the Lord smiles when we can live a good life, the kingdom life, and also find joy. I think the Lord smiles. I think the Lord might even say, I'm taking notes. I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Why would God need to take notes? But if you can live the kingdom life and live a good life and still find joy, I think Jesus smiles. I think this makes him happy. You know, he prefers it when we don't poison the river. He prefers it when we don't torture animals. He prefers it when we don't abuse kids or put on massive military psychological warfare to mutually abuse each other. He prefers it, I think, when we live the kingdom life and we still find joy. If we can do those things, I think he would consider us, you know, geniuses, that we figured it out. But as far as God putting out that fuse, <laughs> here's what I would say. If you're essential to the Lord's plan and you're holding on to a stick of dynamite and you lit the fuse, there's a chance that, yeah, God will save you. If you have a lot of cool friends that Jesus loves and they're praying for you, and you light the fuse, yeah, there's a chance that fuse will go out. But if you're just an ordinary schmuck, you know, picking up some stick of dynamite, and you light the fucking fuse, I, I think, yeah, he looks like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, cigarette true, de true detective face. <laughs> You know the picture. Serious intent look like holy crap. Look what this human, this hairless monkey is doing. But if we can be good and kind and decent, if we can live with, in peace with each other and pursue liberty over, over any type of tyranny, if we can do these things and do them fearlessly and, and fill with joy... And, and we're living that life, that kingdom life, I think the Lord smiles. I think the Lord takes note of it. I think the Lord says to himself at those moments, yeah, this is, this is an example of it working. It's not going to be perfect here, brothers and sisters. This is not Eden. It will never be perfect. You will always have tragedy. But could we be doing better than how we, we've been doing? The simple answer is yes. Are we going to? My own tragic answer is probably not. And that implies a lot of things, brothers and sisters. At this point, here's what I would say. You can flip a coin. This time next year, I've checked myself into a mental hospital. Or this time next year, I'm being passed through the bowels of a coyote. Or this time next year, I'm like every other freak on planet Bold Limtalk running for his or her life. These are options, you know. So it's not so much 50-50. It's just that there's a lot of, I would say, mutually exclusive possibilities. But normal, whatever that is, 2019, the wooden schoolhouse, going back to traditional times at Moose Heart Lodge, that shit's never going backwards because it was always bullshit. You're not going back to that magical time that never existed, my friends. It isn't going to happen. Have a great rest of your weekend.